Hello and welcome to Nintendo Dispatch, your weekly Nintendo podcast covering all things from the world of Nintendo. I'm Michael. And I'm Becca, covering for Christina this week again. Yes, welcome back again, Becca. It's awesome to have you joining us for the second week in a row. It is fun. It gives me something to look forward to. We're recording on Sundays, so it's kind of like a wind down activity after getting through the week and before getting into the next one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A little a bit of fun stuff before we get back to work. That's what we were talking about before the uh, podcast started, all the work we've been doing. We're ready for life to kind of calm down just a little bit so we can get into our rhythm and getting back into our flow without all the constant work and everything going on. Yep. Definitely have had a lot of work, a lot of things, a lot of life going on. Um, usually fall is when I start to feel kind of like that back to school feeling of like mm, wanting yeah. to like ramp up stuff. And yeah, right now I just want to like nap for a month. Yeah, go into hibernation mode instead yeah. of the work mode. Well, the very first story is a strange one, at least to me. Um, <laughs> Fitness Boxing came out to the Switch in 2018, and it sold over a million copies. It did really, really well. There was a sequel that came out, Fitness Boxing 2, Rhythm and Exercise, which released in 2020. Between those two, they had 1.5 million units sold as of January, which is, is good. I mean, that's a pretty decent amount of sales. And I know... That this was something I believe even Christina picked up. I know she was into one of these. I can't remember which one she played, but she did play one of these fitness boxing games and was kind of getting into it and thought it was a decent workout and really enjoyed it. So maybe she'd be excited about this news that they are doing a short form series, which is going to air in Tokyo in October on the fitness boxing game, I guess. They're <laughs> yeah. saying that this game is basic or this show is basically going to focus on the game's cast of fitness instructors um, and what they get up to once they're done encouraging flabby gamers to exercise. <laughs> so that's going to be the whole idea of the animation. It's going to be this 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 whole cartoon about fitness in instructors on, in their off hours, I guess. Pretty weird out of all the IPs that don't have <laughs> anime series yet that this is the one to go with. But maybe it just has a different kind of following in Japan where this makes yeah. more sense. Yeah, maybe that's that was I'm going to I'm going to when when Christina gets back and she's on the show again, we're going to have to see if this is something she would <laughs> check out because I don't know. It's a strange one, but I'd be interested to see if any of our listeners um, would be into into this show. I don't I don't know. It seems like it would be kind of like a. Uh, you know, people watch like Big Brother or any of those kind of, you know, reality TV type shows like Real World or whatever. Maybe they're going to do it something like that. It'll be wow. sort of like this, you know, <laughs> real world-esque anime of of fitness instructors. With like drama between yeah, the all instructors kinds of yeah, and exactly. that kind of thing. Yeah, and I yeah. picture it being like um, Saved by the Bell type drama, though. You know, oh, <laughs> high school course. drama. Yeah. But yes, definitely going to show the the drama of being a fitness instructor. I don't know much about this game besides that Christina had played it. I don't know anything about the fitness instructors. I think at least in this game, they have names. Unlike mm. um, We Fit, which those mm -hmm. characters ended up in Smash Brothers <laughs> at one yeah, point. Yeah. <laughs> like it was just like male and female fitness instructor, right? Yeah. Um, so I yep. don't know if these ones have more personalities to them or backstories or literally anything. I believe anything. they do. I think they do. And I think they... Um... If I remember correctly, because she she had talked me into trying the demo, and I think as you work out, you can like earn things for your instructor. I think you can put them in outfits or weird things like that. They all have actual, you know, they're all voice acted. So those voice actors that are in the show are actually going to be the voice actors in their, or the voice actors that are in the game are going to be the voice actors in the show. So you're going to still get whatever personality they have in the game, I guess is going to get carried over. And there yeah. must be enough there to flesh out somewhat of a, a series. I mean, they did say short form series. I don't know if that means that it's going to be sort of like a, what we consider a mini series here in the States, or if that's going to just be like, you know, a half hour, 20 minute episodes. I'm not exactly sure what they consider a short form series. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely a strange IP of all the Nintendo IPs I could think of that I'd like to see made into shows that wouldn't be one of them but who knows maybe maybe there's some like you said a, a demo there that's just can't wait for it 
I can't get out of my head that there would also be like a follow along fitness segment mm. yeah it. there you go yeah you know like, like at the end of size or something where yeah. you have to get up and do it with them <laughs> i just <laughs> can't get my brain around that um kind of like it could be like at, at the end of the pokemon show how it was like the poke rap mm-hmm. maybe there's like a few different versions of like now it's your turn and like yeah, you know while like, the credits roll <laughs> maybe we'll see we'll see if we get it in north america i'm thinking no but maybe i'm thinking no <laughs> <laughs> So Puma has announced a collaboration with Nintendo. They are releasing Animal Crossing New Horizons inspired sneakers. Um, These are actually pretty cute. We don't know much about the release date. Um, We don't know anything about price yet. But these are are Puma sneakers with that natural color palette from Animal Crossing. So the greens and the browns and the tans with a range of charming character icons from New Horizons. So there's a pattern on the side with some character faces on it. Um, And other clothing will also be part of this collaboration between Animal Crossing and Puma. We also saw a hoodie. So these are pretty cute. I probably won't buy them. (laughs) I think I personally would prefer something a little more subtle than character faces. Like I like the leaf print on things. I think that's cute. Um, It also feels a little bit late to the game. Like Animal Crossing, are people still into that as much? I don't know. (laughs) I, I thought the exact same thing when I was looking at it. I was I, I was at first surprised because they are more understated than a lot of what Nintendo pairs up. You know, like when they did the Levi's thing and they were just garish and crazy. I like the color palette, you know, because I'm, I'm looking at them now. There's like a, a leather sort of uh, piece on the tongue that kind of has uh, the leaf on it and stuff. I think some of those are nice, nice treatments. I think the colors overall are nicely done, but for the most part, it's not something I would see myself wearing around, but I could see them doing well, but I cannot help but think like you are literally a year late to this. <laughs> yes. You know, it's way past. It, it would have been amazing a year ago to have these. I think it'll end up being one of those things where like parents who are like a little bit out of touch will get it for their kids like this Christmas and Mm. the kids will be like, cool, mom, thanks. Yeah, nobody else is (laughs) even into this. But but... you like Animal Crossing, don't (laughs) you? Yeah, you are so into it. Um, (laughs) Yeah, but that that being said, Puma and Animal Crossing did do a good job at least making these look look somewhat tasteful and, and you could wear them around and not. Like I think people would look at them and say, "Oh, those are really cute sneakers." And then when they look closer, be like, "Oh, is that Animal Crossing?" You know what I mean? They don't they don't jump out at you. So I do think that's a good a good thing. Yeah, for sure. Now I did mention that I've been playing Pokemon Unite and I'm and I'm enjoying it. And they did announce uh, a little bit ago that Blastoise would be arriving to Pokemon Unite, but they never gave uh, a date. They just said, "Okay, uh, you know." Blastoise is going to be coming out, and then these other characters are going to be coming out, and then those other characters came out, and everybody's like, "Well, where's Blastoise? When when are we actually getting Blastoise on this?" And it has been now officially announced. It will be September first that Blastoise will be joining Pokemon Unite. A lot of people are, I think, excited. The official Twitter showed some footage. They showed that what well, they haven't announced the actual move set, but they did show some of the moves. They showed that. Blastoise will be able to do Hydro Typhoon attack and a Surf ability, which there's about four other Pokemon in the game that have Surf, which is interesting because the Surf all kind of functions a little differently between all of them. So it Mm. is interesting that they all have the the same move, but use it differently. And it will be a defender role, which uh, I think is good. I'm not very good with defenders. I haven't played really any defenders, but I think this would be a, a good one that I would like to maybe try getting good at in that role. So I'm excited to see how this changes the game. There's such a f- like limited amount of Pokemon at the moment. Adding one or two or three makes you know a big difference. It, it really can change the game and change the meta of the game. So I'm excited what people can do with this. I have been trying to do better with it and and learning the strategy of the game so um i've been kind of keeping an eye on this new pokemon to see what is going to happen i'm excited to see uh when this comes out and start playing around with it so the game does it already have charmander and bulbasaur represented Mm -hmm. so this kind of rounds out those three but it starts as blastoise so it doesn't start as squirtle 
No, it will start as Squirtle. I, oh, okay. I don't know why. They just must they must just say everybody's fine. Because they also mention Gengar, but like when you start as you're you're ghastly. You know what I mean? So I think they it will definitely start as Squirtle when you when you get in there, which I think is gonna be cute. And yes, they already have Charizard and, and everybody else. So like all those originals. And they have Pikachu, obviously. That's that's a heavy hitter. But some of the other ones that they've chose that that they've gone with. I'm not super familiar with, and I think that they're. It's just crazy to me. Um, I guess what Pokemon they decide to put in there, and I don't. Mm-hmm. I they must do you know a lot of like re- who's your favorite Pokemon and throw in trying to f- kind of like go all across the gambit of who likes what. But yeah, some of the ones that are in there, I I don't even I've never even seen, or if I have, I've seen them only in passing as like, oh yeah, that's a new Pokemon. I'm not going to use that. I for me, I'm uh, my main nine tails, like that's who I play as pretty much all the time in the mm-hmm. game. It's a an attack position, but yeah. I'm excited to see see what this does. Yeah, even in the Pokemon Presents um, showcase, they mentioned Mamoswine as one of Mm. the announcements. And I was like, I don't, like, I have seen that character, that Mm -hmm. Pokemon in Pokemon Snap. But in that game, I don't think it does. It just kind of, like, stands there. So I couldn't imagine, like, why they chose this thing and, like, what it's going to do in the game. So it is really interesting how they- And who looked at it and said, yeah, I want that in (laughs) my game. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Like I said, I'm not- I like Pokemon, but it's more, it's not to like a, a crazy, you know, super fan level, like a lot of people. So maybe there's a huge fan base for some of these more obscure, at least obscure to me, uh, Pokemon. So, I mean, if people, if we're crazy, definitely write us and let us know. But <laughs> I, I'm just I, like, I'm like you where Gen 1 was sort of the ones I learned. And then all the other ones, I would look at them and kind of be like, you know, I, what one looks cooler and then mm-hmm. that's the one i would use or what one's cuter or whatever but it became very much kind of by appearance not so much anything else because i don't as the games went on it seemed like stats kind of took a back seat it didn't seem as critical as because everybody did well by by the like sword and shield i could have used anything i feel oh, like yeah. because it would have just it would have mattered you know yeah all you mammo swine heads out there <laughs> let us yeah. know yeah <laughs> <laughs> let us know your deal we'd love to know <laughs> Last week, we talked about Build-A-Bear introducing Espeon, um, which is an evolution as uh, one of the creatures you could not necessarily build, but you could order through Build-A-Bear. Um, so now we learn that Umbreon is the latest Pokemon to kind of join the Build-A-Bear um, universe. Mm-hmm. So Umbreon is going to be available as an online exclusive. So that includes the usual five-in-one sound chip, a sleeper and a cape, so his little outfits. Um, just like Espeon, the complete bundle there is $65, which again is rather expensive. I did also mention last week that my sister is really into Umbreon, so I told her about this, and she hopes to get it as a gift someday because she's not going to spend $65 on it. But <laughs> pretty cute. I mean, again, you know, if you're ordering online, you're not really doing the Build-A-Bear thing where yeah. you're kind of stuffing it yourself and doing, I don't know, they have rituals that they do to mm-hmm. like bring it into the world. Um, but Umbreon is a pretty cool Pokemon. So, you know, yeah. I could see this selling well. I was super excited when when I saw this because it was funny because we talked about this last week. I think Espeon is one of the cooler evolutions and Umbreon is the coolest evolution. I think there's, a you know, yeah. there's, uh, I don't know. We, we've talked about quite a few. I think there's eight of them or seven of them or something like that. Um, so you, a lot of people know like the originals, the Jolteons and Vipirions and all that Flareons. But I think Umbreon and Espeon, when those came out, I was just like, these are getting actually really cool looking now. And that's what I was saying before where, you know, I, I base a lot. I mean, I've always liked the dark type ones. And I think dark type and fairy type, and psychic i think espion was psychic i i just think they look so cool and i love the idea of like that trio that as umbreon is is one of my favorites of all of those evolutions and one of my favorites of just just being a cool pokemon so i did think this was awesome again i i don't need this and it's 65 dollars. it's crazy but um I, I was also curious, the five-in-one chip. I know we mentioned it last time. And I don't really understand, because I'm not a big Build-A-Bear. I, I would assume that it's got like 
I don't know, like sounds that it can make. Yeah. But I think they only it, make one sound. So I, I don't understand what sounds these are making. <laughs> I was wondering the same thing. I looked that up before we talked about it last week. Um, I think it has five different sounds, but mm-hmm. I don't know what they would be. Yeah, because I can understand if you made a bear, right? It probably does like different bear or maybe there's t- – I don't know if they talk. I don't know what they do. But um, in in Pokemon world, these things literally make like that same – you know crappy pokemon sound like that's distinct to them but it's like one sound so i I would be interested to see what they made these do in addition to you know pikachu was the only one that seemed like it had a lot of expression by just using its name over and over but when you play the games and stuff they don't they don't make that sound so i would be really interested to see what happens there but i thought as soon as i saw this story i was thinking of your sister and (laughs) how excited she would be to have this upgrade to her her uh her stuffed animal collection she was. She sent the link to her boyfriend right away. So, <laughs> Christmas gift idea. Like gift question mark? And he was like, I, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no thanks. All right. So the next story that I have is that Lance Barr has left Nintendo after well over three decades of working with the company. Um, Lance, actually, if you were unfamiliar, Lance joined in 1982 and was credited with successfully redesigning the Famicom to and Super Famicom uh, for North America, making the NES and the SNES that we all know and love. In 2005, Barr spoke about you know this whole redesign and what he did and the thoughts that went into it, and he was quoted at saying as saying. After the first public showing in the U.S. at the Consumer Electronics Show, I was asked to redesign the case based on new engineering requirements. To reduce the cost, the wireless function was eliminated, as well as some of the modular components such as the keyboard and data recorder. He goes on to say that, but the biggest change was the orientation and the size requirements to accommodate a new edge connector for inserting the games. The new edge connector was a zero force design that allowed the game to be inserted with low force and then rotated down into the contact position. The case had to be designed around the movement of the game and required the shape and size size of the NES to grow from the earlier concepts. Many of the features remained, such as the two-tone color, left and right side cutouts, and overall boxy look, but the proportions changed significantly to accommodate the new edge connector. So it's funny that the the NES that we got, which I prefer, if you see them side by side, I actually prefer the version we got because mm-hmm. it makes me think of like... Uh, a DeLorean or something. It just, it has like a certain look to it that I don't think I could look at the Famicom and be like, oh yeah, that's a Nintendo. I mean, we know the NES here in the States is what it is. And, uh, but it's funny that the whole thing came up because of that push in, you know, slide your cartridges and push it down, which always broke. It never worked. So it was funny, like they made this huge machine in comparison to the original for a, like slide in and push down functionality that didn't really seem like it made it better necessarily. I don't know why that was like the direction they needed to go. Yeah, that's pretty funny, actually. I yeah. actually the our NES, the one we know and love, it reminds me of Star Wars designs. Like mm. it just looks like yeah, I don't know, something like a minimalist stripped down. You know, Death like the yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sort of like a couple blinking lights and just like no buttons on anything. Yeah, but just I, like really 80s. Yeah, definitely. But I, I mean, I love it. I have I, always loved sort of I liked when they had the uh, I can't remember what it was called, but the zapper that came with it and it all looked the same. And I just I loved all of the NES the as Super NES. I didn't love the style of it as much. Um, I thought this one was more just for the time. But uh, yeah, it's kind of crazy. They apparently they found out that Barr had left because of his LinkedIn profile. He he oh, changed really? that he was yeah he changed that he was no longer going to be there, and uh, he was going on to other things. Which I don't even know what other that what you what, just you're not retired yet. You bet it's crazy to me. You're going on to do other things now. So I don't know if he's going to be working, and we're going to see a, a different console that you know. Lance Barr comes out with. I'm not really sure. But yeah, they, I guess he updated his LinkedIn profile. And that's how the story came out that he had left Nintendo. Maybe he's starting a podcast. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> 
So Stardew Valley, um, one of the most relaxing solo <laughs> games I can think of, apparently is going to be an eSport. So you can make anything competitive if you try hard enough. Mm-hmm. So Eric Barone, who was the creator of Stardew Valley, has announced the Stardew Valley Cup. Um, so that will actually pit four teams against each other. Um, and these team names are wonderful. Sandy's Candies, Pierre's Cherries, Pam's Yams, and Crobus's Crocuses. <laughs> so the competition is being run in coordination with Unsurpassable Z, who is a YouTuber um, known for creating content about Stardew Valley. So I haven't watched any of this content personally. Have you, Michael? No, I'm not. I was not familiar with Unsurpassable Z until I heard this story. Yeah, same. Um, so Unsurpassable Z explained that um, they came up with a list of a hundred different challenges that the mm-hmm. teams would compete against each other for in this cup. So these challenges range from completing tasks in the community center to reaching floor 100 in the skull cavern. Um, So each of these challenges is worth a different number of points, hence Mm -hmm. the competition. Um, And Unsurpassable Z calculated and assigned it based upon the difficulty. So came up with this whole point system based on how hard the different tasks were to do. Um, So each team will compete at the same time to rack up as many points as possible. So across the duration of this tournament, Um, so there's a two week period that these teams have, um, to view the challenge list and prepare their strategies accordingly. Um, so this is wild to me. (laughs) Mm -hmm. This is actually going to be a tournament. There are going to be four teams doing all these tasks. They can train for it (laughs) and then compete. Right. And there's actually $40,000 on the line here. So it's not just for fun. There's money involved. So. That's that's the part that's amazing to me because when when I was going through and I'm like looking at this story and, and reading sort of oh yeah we picked a hundred things and and you know based them on difficulty and blah 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 I was thinking you know what that's something I could see like us just doing you know if if we were big fans of something or or that's what I would see myself doing when I used to play uh, GoldenEye with my buddy after school I'd be like you know what we're so good at this game now why yeah. don't we say like if you can only and, and people did this right like I remember playing GoldenEye and saying okay it's it's you know golden gun only right. uh, proximity mines in the caves that's all we're doing and it was like you would start building your own challenges because you just know the game so well so this is like a bunch of friends that just love this game so much that they're just like you know what we already got it we know it we were amazing at this game we're sick of just relaxing we're gonna make it a competition now we're just gonna put all these crazy stipulations in and now you have $40,000 you could win for doing that. I used to do that just to have pizza at my buddy's house. <laughs> and now we're, you can make 40 grand off of this. I think that's, I think that part of it is, is cool. I would actually watch just because I've, all of the hours I've put into Stardew Valley, I still haven't completed it. I haven't like finished mm-hmm. the community center. I haven't, it, like there's so many things I still haven't done that I would just be amazed watching somebody. So I, I, I love watching you know, somebody and just they show me their farm. I'm like, oh, I never even thought of looking at it that way or organizing that that way. You know, yep. there's just so much and such a casual game. There's so much strategy that you could have done. You know, I'm watching people and they do their like their honey setups and they have like these plants and then these flowers and then these honey things. And they're making, you know, a million dollars a season because they have so many honey like bees and stuff that it's amazing to me what people come up with in this game. So I think this is an extension of that. And it seems like it'll be fun. It'll be, it'll be a blast. I don't know if they're televising this or I would assume unsurpassable Z is going to have something on this YouTube for this, but, uh, and, and 40 grand, I guess there's probably sponsorships and things like that, that got involved, but man, that Stardew Valley has some legs. It really does. I know a lot of people have played it through multiple, multiple, multiple times. So yeah. kind of makes sense, you know, like and I said, I think added challenge here. And I think it's just getting released on like Game Pass for the first time. So now you'll have it there to play it. They just came out with a, a board game version of it that you can play. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's it just keeps going. And, it, and it, rightly so. It's, it, it is a wonderful game that's just like just done so so well so i think that's awesome for eric and the you know the creator of the game and how exciting to just see this this passion that he had for this thing and it's just just blown up 
Yeah, that is kind of heartwarming, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was one person. I think I think he started it, and then if I'm not mistaken, him and his his girlfriend or his partner they they like work kind of together, and so he I mean everything created the game, wrote the music, all of it, all mm-hmm. of it as just this this every day they worked on it. So really, really cool. Yeah. So we're going to get into this week's best sellers. Uh, at number one spot is Among Us, followed by Minecraft. A new one to the list and third place is Quake. Then Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, Stardew Valley, always in the top 10. Mm-hmm. Super Smash Brothers, uh, Zelda Skyward Sword, Skyrim, Slime Rancher, which we just talked about, is in ninth. Cooking Simulator is in the top 10. It is on sale right now. It's normally $20. It's on sale for two bucks. I may actually pick this one up myself as well because I do think I've looked at it and thought it would be kind of interesting. But for $2, even if it's a turd, it's it's worth $2. <laughs> that's a bargain. Yeah, it's a bargain. So, I mean, 90% off. So that's mm-hmm. that's awesome. Uh, I do think that when this podcast comes out, that is, I believe, the last day of the sale. So if you're listening to this early in the day, you may still be able to jump on the eShop and grab it. And then in addition to that top 10, we do have a few new games to the top 30. On the 15th is No More Heroes 3, which did come out last week. Neither of us checked it. It's not really a game that's for me. Um, I know when Mots was on the podcast, he loved these No More Heroes games, and I always thought they just looked crazy. I just never understood what was going on with these. Mm-hmm. But from what I've read of the reviews, if you are a No More Heroes fan, you will absolutely love this one. This is the last in the series. I guess that is it. No More Heroes will be done after this uh, game. No, no more heroes after this one. And uh, <laughs> yeah, followed by Road 96 and 17th. And then Spelunky 2 is rounding it out in the 28th spot. Yeah, I still want to get back to Road 96. Haven't done that yet. Played the demo. Um, it seemed really cool. I'm, I'm happy to see it doing well. Yeah, me too. Actually, I, we talked about it in, in when I uh, I still have the demo sitting there waiting for me. Um, but I remember when this one was announced and I thought right from that that initial trailer, I thought that looked really good. So I am happy to see that it's in the top 30. It's doing well. It seems to be pretty well received overall, um, which is exciting because it seems like a pretty unique experience. Yeah, definitely. So that gets us into new releases that we're into this week. And I've got the first one. It's August 31st. Monster Harvest comes out. It's $20. It is on sale for $16. And it is being described as a monster collecting and farming RPG with a twist. Now, at first, when you're going down the list, and if you look at the eShop, you see the thumbnail for this. The thumbnail does not do it justice. I don't understand why sometimes these thumbnails have this like quarter sort of not great artwork for it because the game looks completely different than the thumbnail that they chose to sort of showcase it with. But this is essentially a mix of Stardew Valley and Pokemon. You are going to do a lot of farming. You're going to do a lot of the things you would expect in a Stardew Valley type game, except the things you're growing apparently become animals and you can (laughs) harvest these monsters and then use them to like battle and to continue sort of um, like farming new ones. And you do like some sort of gene splicing and all of this kind of crafting elements to create these monsters on your farm. It looks, it just looks crazy. I watched a trailer for it and then I went to steam and watched a few other trailers for it and watched somebody playing it. And the more I watched, the more I got excited for it and was like, yeah, this seems really interesting. So I had to give that one a check. And, uh, I'm actually, I gave it a double because I do think I'm buying this one because it just, it sold me once I started seeing it. And it's on sale. Yeah, exactly. You gotta, when it's on, I was kind of hoping for a demo. It seems like something that would do really well with the demo just so people can kind of get a taste of it. But I don't, the last I checked, it wasn't available yet. Mm. So the next one we actually both have checks on also, it's called Kiwi. Um, Mm. This seems hilarious to me. So (laughs) (laughs) you play as Jeff and Deborah, who are two um, Kiwi birds. They are adorable. Um, and they are the newest hires at the Bungalow Basin Telepost office. So it's a male game, <laughs> which I sent to, <laughs> to um, my brother's partner. She is a mail carrier. So anytime I see a game that has to do with mail, I send it to her. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, so this is kind of a whimsical post office setting. Um, and Jeff and Deborah have to work together to jump, flap, peck, and butt slam. Hello. Their way across an interactive landscape of levers, buttons, and bells to get the mail delivered on time. So there is a single player mode. This seems more like just a fun um, co-op game to play with friends. Um, I don't tend to play a lot of multiplayer stuff. I like to just kind of like hole away by myself. But if I am going to play something multiplayer, it has to be something where we're going to be laughing about it and not fighting about it. So this seems like um, something that's going to be really cute um, to solve these um, post office puzzles Mm -hmm. as as two little birds. (laughs) I thought this one looked absolutely adorable. Um, I remember they they did announce this one a while back. I think it was during the direct and I was kind of sold on it then. Mm -hmm. I think the the quality of it, it looks really, really nice. Visually, it looks really, really nice. I also think that you can... Like based on the things you're doing in the game, you can customize your little kiwi so you can start wearing glasses and just weird quirky stuff. So each character, like if if you and I are playing, we can have like these kind of distinct looks to our characters, which I think also adds to the funniness of it. If you're just wearing these silly hats and stuff. Yeah. And I and I could be mistaken, but I could have swore in one of the trailers I was watching for this, they will be doing sort of seasonal things. So I think some of the, you know, I'm a huge, huge sucker for any sort of seasonal stuff. So if like the map has kind of like Christmassy looks to it or Halloween looks, some of the ones they showed have sort of a more haunted look and other ones had snow and stuff falling. So I don't know if you can pick and choose the time of year that you're playing the game and if that affects sort of the puzzles that you're playing. But Mm -hmm. if that is true, that's another check for me, just because I love anything I can play during the holidays that also is tied in with the holidays. It just makes the holidays in general that much better for me so i i love kind of gearing my games towards towards the seasons that's actually a perfect lead in to the next game um, (laughs) called lamentum so this also comes out this week um and i checked this one it's a pixel art horror survival game um so it's set in mid 19th century new england and in it you have to guide a young aristocrat to cure his wife's deadly disease, um, which takes him to a place called Growl Hill Mansion. So it is this kind of like horror game with a lot of spooky looking Mm. interactions and puzzles. I checked it because I was thinking of Halloween. So yeah, (laughs) Um, this one's on sale for $14.39. And it looks like something I might pick up just to kind of play in October when I'm in that mood for something spooky. And I don't play stuff like, you know, Resident Evil or Silent Hill mm-hmm. or any like real horror games. I feel like this level of realism is what I would be looking for in a yeah. horror game. <laughs> like last Halloween, I played Luigi's Mansion. So that's the level <laughs> of like that's where you're at. I'm comfortable with. Um, but it seems creepy. It reminds me of kind of like Edgar Allan Poe-ish mm-hmm. with kind of like the deadly disease and stuff, even though he's not from New England. But same idea, same time period. Yeah. Just kind of dark and cool. Yeah, absolutely. That's I have sitting waiting uh, for me Ghostbusters. So that'll be what I play this October. And that's kind of I'm the same way where I want to play, you know, Luigi's Mansion and stuff. Christina has been on sort of a horror game kick. And Mm -hmm. and I do like Resident Evil's. I, I mean, it's not that I'm against them, but a lot of the times. I just don't I, I don't like to be scared when I play games. I just don't enjoy get a ton of enjoyment out of it. So I play more of like the kind of not as quite scary, scary games. They're just yep. more seasonal. Like uh, last year I was playing, I think it was called Pumpkin Jack or something like that. And it was kind of, you know, you're playing this guy that's got the pumpkin head and kind of running around and fighting off monsters and stuff. And it was fun. It was like perfect for the, for October, but not, not scary. I wasn't going to get nightmares or anything from pumpkin Jack. No spooky. (laughs) The next, what I got is cosmic express. It is a puzzle game for $10 and your job is to lay down the train tracks across a series of tiny little space stations. You're going to see fiendishly, difficult puzzle design, adorable graphics, and a very relaxing soundtrack, which all sounds wonderful for when you're about to pass out and you play this in bed. Mm -hmm. Uh, This looks really good. I thought it was really, really cute. I like these sort of puzzle type games. Seems simple to learn it, but you know, the challenge of it is the actual puzzle design itself. So I think that's kind of cool. And I just liked the atmosphere of it. I thought it looked really, really well done. 
Yeah, I want to get this one as well. It looks, it just looks super cute. Mm -hmm. I feel yeah. like I say that about half of the games at least that we talk about, but it's true. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that though. I mean, that's, that's the whole thing. They stand out to us for some reason. And I think that's exactly true for the next one, which I was amazed I checked. this When I first was putting these on the list, I was like, oh God, this type of game. And I gave it a double check after, after looking into it. I am sold on this game. And it's called Kitarari. Kitaria. Kitaria. Oh my God, I was whale. Kitaria Fables. It's a $20 game on sale for $16. Now, again, looking at this, I would have thought like, nope, this isn't for me. But it is a cute action adventure RPG with farming and crafting. So as soon as I see farming and crafting, oh, yeah. I'm already one check in because mm -hmm. I usually am a sucker for those. But then I started watching again on, on Steam and some of these other trailers. They really get into what the game is about. And I did not get that initially when I was looking at this. It's basically the action part of it is so much more than what you would see in a Stardew Valley, which is all the farming and the crafting. You're actually going to have melee weapons and bows and spells and you're going to craft magic and armor and all of this stuff which is going to complement the way you want to play if you're somebody that likes to use bows and arrows and attack from a distance that's not a problem if you're somebody that wants to get up and close you put armor and a sword you're going to also have your farming and crafting which i love from you know all the stardew valleys and games like that where you're going to have to go out you fight these monsters and then you're going to plant the seeds and you're going to grow your crops for provisions and all of that stuff and the thing that's the cute part of it is this is all an animal world so you're essentially playing as like this cat and then every all the other villagers and neighbors and everybody you're talking to are other animals and it reminded me a lot of the look of my time at Porsche it has like this very sort of rounded and beautiful environment not pixel based like a Stardew Valley is but this very sort of fleshed out almost Animal Crossing-esque like mm -hmm. design to it i thought it looked really really well done and then watching like i said the trailers and the way the the creators and the devs were talking about it and all of the thoughts and stuff that they put into it really sold me on this game quite a bit on top of that they do have local co-op which i don't tend to play but if you are with somebody that can play this locally this seems like a great one because you both will just drop in whenever you want and you can do quests together and battle monsters together and farm and all of the things you can do in this so i was amazed to give this not only a check but a double check i thought it looked great and uh yeah i'm, I'm gonna pick this one up yeah the multiplayer the co-op is interesting because mm -hmm. you can be playing with someone who kind of like has different strengths and weaknesses from you. So you can work together on stuff. Yeah. Um, so to see that in this kind of like animal farming, et cetera, environment is mm -hmm. kind of cool, right? It's combining yeah. a lot of different kinds of games together. So I almost checked that, but realistically, I probably won't get to this one. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was, like I said, I was absolutely amazed because it just initially when a lot of these times when you're going through these games, you're just kind of looking at the thumbnail you know, looking at a couple of little screenshots and be like, I, I make a quick, there's so many games that come out. A lot of times I just make these quick judgments yeah. on it. And I happen to just wanted to see, cause I do do a cross reference a lot of times to see what, if it's on steam, if it's cheaper, if it's more, whatever. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they have, you know, because the eShop doesn't really do reviews steam. Sometimes it's come out and I can actually get a taste for whether or not something's good based on the reviews. And it was so cool that to see not only do you get to see some more extra video, but what Steam does a lot of time on their trailers or on their game pages is they have a uh, at the very top, they have live view of somebody from Twitch or wherever streaming the game at the moment. So you can watch somebody playing it and get even more insight into how it plays and how it you know functions and all of that. So I was able to kind of get watching it a little bit and got sucked in. Mm -hmm. And like you said, with a co-op, I think there's. There's not a ton of games like this where you could maybe sit down and actually have a story-based game. There's a lot of games more like a, a, a you know Overcooked or something where it's just sort of the zany fun, but you're only going to play that so many times. Whereas this, I could see like, hey, let's sit down and play our game tonight. And it's actually story and driven. You go in there and you have objectives and you actually maybe can do it more than just a handful of times and and then be over it. You know, I, I like that. And, and, and if you can build out somebody that maybe I want to use a bow and arrow and you want to use magic, it's mm -hmm. kind of cool. Now you have all this extra 
you know, powers together and, and go through all these stories. So I don't know. I thought it was really interesting. And, and the, uh, the look and the feel of it really grew on me the more I looked into it. Yeah, I'll be interested to see if you end up grabbing that and then what you think of it. Yeah, definitely. So a good snowman is hard to build is coming to Switch. Um, have you played this before? Michael, no. were you familiar with it? I'm only familiar with A Good Snowman because this dev, uh, a couple weeks ago, we checked a game called A Monster's Expedition. And it's sort of like this little cute monster that walks around and is, I don't know, solving puzzles. And uh, this is by the same dev as that. And it's by the same dev that did Cosmic Express. So mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. like this very cute, endearing style that they do to these puzzle games. And that's what I that's what gravitated I gravitated towards that when I saw this one. Yeah, lovingly crafted is what it says on the mm. on the website, which I think that describes it really well from what I can tell. So I haven't played this or seen it played. Um, but it is a puzzle game about being a monster and making snowmen. <laughs> so it's a Sokoban style block pushing puzzle. So you're pushing snowballs around. Um, as far as I can tell, and kind of, you know, they get kind of like an Animal Crossing with making the snow boys. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> but maybe more fun than that ended up being. Um, so pushing <laughs> the snowballs around and making them different sizes and putting them together and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it seems like a pretty good puzzle game. Again, seasonal. I also checked this thinking like, oh, winter time. Yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we don't get a whole lot of winter games. So no. you got to take what you get. Yeah, exactly. Um, so when I when it's cold outside, but I feel like being inside, but feeling like I'm outside, maybe. I'll- <laughs> yeah, I can look out my window at the snow falling and pushing around snowballs. Yeah, a lot of these puzzle games we're talking about, I think, will be good to play in handheld mode, just like mm-hmm. you know, sitting snuggling on the couch or whatever. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah absolutely. I think uh, this one, I I was very. I guess I wasn't surprised because it did have the very similar feel as Cosmic Express. And, and yeah. I checked that when I saw it. I was like, oh, this is just a really well done, cute little puzzle game. And exactly the same thought when I saw this one. And, and I was like, oh, well, there you have it. It's made by the same people. So yep. I think if you are just somebody that, you know, maybe you're already like for me, I'm, I've got Fire Emblem. So I've got like this big, long game that I can play. But you don't always have the time or the want to jump into something like that. I think it's nice having a game like this as an offset to one of those bigger, more involved games that I can just pick up. I can play it for 20 minutes and then, you know, fall asleep or whatever, go back to what I'm doing. Or if I want to have something while TV's going, you know what I mean? It's you can just yep. kind of focus on that. And I think it's nice having games like this. And it, and they look like a dev team that does a really, really good job with it. Yeah, definitely. Now, the last one we both checked, I think, is going to be a really interesting one. Uh, it comes out September 3rd. It's called Golf Club Wasteland. This game is basically Earth Earth is just is no more. People do not go to Earth. It's it's just desolate. There's not a whole lot. It's completely ruined. And the rich, which all fled to Mars, now come back to Earth occasionally to play golf. They they have all of these golf courses all over the desolate Earth, and they use Earth as their own little playground. Each hole in Wasteland offers its own little story. So little by little, you're going to piece together the full story of how humanity fell as you're playing through this game and going along these different holes. And while you're playing, you're going to listen to the Radio Nostalgia from Mars Broadcast, which is a station that caters to citizens of Mars and the nostalgic for uh, that are nostalgic for Earth as they listen to music from the 2020s and they sort of share their memories of the planet so not only do you get to sort of see things as you're playing you're going to be listening to stories and and music that kind of feels uh, appropriate for the time and like as an added bonus included in every copy of the game you get a digital golf club wasteland official soundtrack and a graphic novel um, that's going to kind of further flesh out the story of what happened and what's going on with earth, which I don't understand how we're going to get those things. Yeah. I don't know. I I was curious when I read that, I was like, that's really cool, but how do I go about doing it? And my only thinking is maybe when you buy it and you log into the game for the first time, maybe there's some sort of, you know, give us your email or, or something so that they can send you these things. I'm not really sure, but I'm going to pick this one up so I can report back on what happens there. But yeah, 
this is a $10 game. It's on sale for $6 right now. And it just seems super, super interesting. And I, I was hooked the second I started watching the trailers and uh, saw some of the interesting backgrounds and all that stuff. I am so excited for this one too. We, we <laughs> both gave it two checks. I'm definitely going to get this one. The uh, radio nostalgia so <laughs> that broadcast from Mars, like remembering Earth, is what pulled me in. Mm-hmm. That's what turned it from one check to two checks for me. Yeah, it's like, oh, this is so cool. Like this world building that's happening in this little game mm-hmm. um, seems awesome. <laughs> I liked I really enjoyed a lot of the uh, sort of neon signs in the background and the graffiti on the trailer. It's yes. all pulled from current things. So it's really interesting to see just how this world is going to get fleshed out. And I and I, I mean, I'm always a huge fan of uh, games that go back and, and sort of explore abandoned places. And the fact that we're going to be able to piece together what happened is just another it, it's like a golf game. You know, it's it's this little <laughs> side scrolling stick man ass golf game that they they found a way of adding some other elements to just make it so, so different than what we typically play. Yeah, one of the you reminded me one of the signs or something said Kofefi, like the yeah, yeah. The, yeah the the tweet the Trump Trump <laughs> yeah. typo. Yeah. Um, what do you think about this versus Mario Golf? Uh, well, <laughs> I think this one is definitely more interesting to me. Right, this one like the golf aspect of it for one is is stripped way back. It's it's if anybody's ever played you know on on mobile, there's Stickman Golf, and it's it reminds me a lot of that where it's just this fun you you kind of pick the trajectory, you pick the power, and you hit it. And I like that this has sort of the puzzle elements, this weird underlying story that's going to be happening, and essentially a golf game where you're kind of you know all golf games boil down to just how precise you can be and it's kind of like a puzzle solving game in itself i i i think this one is really really cool and when you add those other elements to it i I don't know it kind of is a check above mario golf only Mm -hmm. because there's so much going on there where i love mario golf but it's it's golf it's just straight up golf and there isn't anything that's going to be sort of going on behind the scenes and the fact that they were able to take this game and add these story elements in this almost this mystery to it i I don't know i think that's awesome i like the genre listed for this game is sports arcade adventure platformer which (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly you know exactly it's kind of a wild combination it made me um there's there's this game called a golf story which is another golf game on the switch but it's sort of the you know the pixel like Stardew Valley look where you go to this golf course kind of like a Stardew Valley instead of a farm it's a golf course and you got to build it up and you got to do all of these challenges and like you're doing everything in this this golf game mechanic but it's actually a fleshed out story that's happening and it, it's so interesting and fun and different and unlike any other games you would play because they took a bunch of genres and it just almost like they threw a dart at a dartboard and said okay we want it to be a golf game an rpg and whatever else you know crafting okay how do what mm-hmm. now now we have to make this game right and that's what they did and it's almost like they did the same thing they pulled out all of these things they want and they like about games and they threw a couple darts and said well i guess we're making this what did you explain it as like this action adventure platform golf game it's yeah. like okay well cool so i i i think this has a lot of potential six bucks i mean that seems like the right price point you know that for the for a game like this um and and they give you all this extra stuff with it so i think this is cool yep i'm so looking forward to this that gets us into everybody's favorite segment in the show what you're playing becca what have you been playing this week i finished the outer worlds last night Oh, I, yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't finish every side quest. So there gets to a point in that game where there's kind of like a point of no return where it's like, mm -hmm. you know, here, here's our final mission. Are you sure you want to go? Yes. Um, I finished up (laughs) the one quest I was sure to finish was kind of like a romance 
quest mm. with one of my companions to like set her up with her love. Mm-hmm. Um, made sure to finish that one because that was important. But besides that, I just kind of like left a few quests to just never be completed. Gotcha. Um, <laughs> and it took me a long time. I spent hours yesterday on this game. It was kind of like a perfect, like I said, been so busy with work, got to the weekend. Even like yesterday morning, I was working and finally finished a big project. So I spent the rest of the day basically finishing this game. (laughs) Just switching my brain. Did you get a sense that you were getting close? Did you know that you were almost there? Okay, nice. Yeah, I did. And that's why I kind of was like, today's the day. Um, (laughs) Because I have kind of a bad habit of letting too much time go by in between play sessions. So I don't think that makes for the best game experience when you kind of forget like (laughs) what you have done or who these characters are. Yeah, you try to relearn everything. (laughs) Or like, oh yeah, I don't remember like who this character was or (laughs) whatever. I realized I had, so in the Outer Worlds, you can make a whole lot of choices um, in terms of like who you side with, um, how you handle different situations, who you murder <laughs> um and all the characters it's it's not like a set um good and bad guy situation it is one of those games where it's like everyone's kind of bad mm. um in their own ways right so it's making these judgment calls however you want to play the game if you want to be the person who's trying to like reconcile everything you could be that you could be the person who is always intimidating and and killing people and you could be that person so i had tried to be more passive in my play mostly to make it easier on myself to be honest so I'm always using my like persuasion skills Mm, um trying to bypass combat and that kind of thing but I had accidentally um gotten to a combat situation with a pretty main character and killed them so I realized at the end of the game my last few hours of gameplay would have been a lot shorter had I done things differently so not going to spoil anything for anybody but yeah realize i probably made some bad choices along the way that <laughs> resulted in this whole kind of like boss battle that you can bypass if you oh, have okay. a certain character around and you can reason with them but um overall i'm really satisfied with this game i had a lot of fun with it um i felt very accomplished at the end i love when you're like watching the credits roll and it's like showing um places you've been and things you've done and like <laughs> tells you what the characters are up to now and it feels oh, like, I like you've that. actually yeah. like gone on this journey even though it's not real but <laughs> i do like when they say you know so and so is now living happily with what you know it's yeah. like oh okay cool i made that decision and that's happening that's awesome it was interesting with this one. Again, I'm not going to spoil anything. And anyway, everybody's gameplay can be different. But some of the stories were like, yeah, this person ended up in pretty rough shape after this. <laughs> Oops. Uh, yeah. Um, but that keeps keeps it interesting. And Yeah. I, I, yeah. Had a good time with that one. Cool. I'm, so... I'm I'm excited that after talking to you last week about it and and this week about it, I think it's it, it's been on my uh, wish list for quite a while. But I think the next time I see it, kind of go on sale, I'm just going to pick it up because it sounds like it's definitely playable and worth it to play it on the on the Switch. And I, as much as I like playing games on other consoles, it's just so difficult for me to be able to finish something on a different on like a console where I just I have more access to my Switch. I'm I'm just able to play it more often. And knowing that I've been wanting to play this game for quite a while now uh, on anything and uh, seeing how it's definitely doable on the Switch, I think I'll just just go for it. Yeah, like I said last time, it seems to be on sale pretty often and yeah. I got it for half off. So hmm. definitely do that. There's also some DLC I will probably pick up at some point, but right now there's just a lot of other games I want to play. Mm-hmm. Um, so I might come back to this, you know, in the future. Nice. Do you have a uh, a teaser for what you may jump into next? Do you have it all like, have you planned? I, I like to plan out what I'm playing next and I get yeah. start getting excited for the next game, you know? I don't know what to do next. So I have been stretching out Breath of the Wild for years. So oh. I might go back to that and actually finish. I still have one of the Divine Beasts to finish oh, there. Okay. Um but I had taken a break from it just because I want it to last, to be honest. Um, yeah, Because I think absolutely. it's maybe like my favorite game. Um, mm-hmm. So I might go back to that. I might pick up one of the many, many, many games we have talked mm-hmm. about. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I did the same thing with Breath of the Wild. I think uh, it, it, it was so long. I had I had finished 
all the divine beast and just kind of just stopped playing. Like I was going through all of the shrines and trying to do it not a hundred percent, but I wanted all the shrines if I could help it. Yeah. Um, and there was like just things I was doing. So, and then I, and then I kind of stopped and I, Christina borrowed it and she played it and played it and beat it. So then I got it back and I was kind of like holding on to it and said, you know what? All I have left to do is the final thing. I should just go and finish this game. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I eventually did, but it, it, it was probably three years that I played that game, you know, with a huge break in the middle. Cause I just didn't want to end it. I, I was enjoying it and, just didn't want to finish. Oh yeah. Relearning, re-remembering the controls for Breath of the Wild. I'm not looking forward to because they're so <laughs> like weird. I always, I never was good with the controls even when I played it. I couldn't imagine jumping <laughs> back in. I constantly was like throwing my weapons off cliffs. I'm yeah. like, oh, why is that the button for that? <laughs> yeah. A lot of it constantly. feels backwards, um, but it's also too late to like switch the controls manually because yeah. I've already learned the bad controls. So yeah. <laughs> They're already there somewhere. You just kind of got to bring them back out. Yep. So <laughs> oh, man. what have you been playing, Michael? <clears throat> well, I haven't done a ton of stuff. I've got two games. I'm I'm still playing Pokemon Unite. I'm still trying to get to my – like I'm playing the, the ranked battles and I'm trying very hard to get to Master, which I think is – I, I don't know how people are doing it because I don't have a group that I play with. I don't have a team that I play with or servers I join. So I just do like, you know, jump into games. Like I just do whatever they put me in. Yeah. And sometimes like I'm at the border of, I don't know what level I'm at. Great to, I don't know, whatever the next one up is veteran or whatever it is. And the teams are just so mixed when you jump on there. People just kind of do their own thing or yeah. sometimes you get on one and you just play great and you'll steamroll the match because the team's actually working as a team. And it's sometimes very frustrating because you are very limited in how you can communicate in the game. You yep. can, you know, drop pins and th- things like that, but Nobody cares sometimes. They just don't care. And there's like some very hard and fast, like you do this, then this, then this. And if you do those things, the majority of the time you can win if you all do them together. And it's just like, guys, you know, Dreadnought's up. We should go attack him. (laughs) You know, we should do this together as a crew. Oh, okay. Cinderace, I guess you can just kind of hang out up at the top by yourself. That's cool. And it's just like, well. We'll do our. We'll do what we can, and uh, I'm I'm little by little getting there. It's just I I uh, I wish I had a more like consistent team I could play with because I think I could be higher up in the ranked battles. But overall, I'm still very much enjoying it. I like getting into the sort of nitty gritty of any of these strategy games. I watch YouTube channels and kind of like, oh, th- you should try this technique and you should try that. And I think that's really cool. And I think Pokemon Unite is a good one for that because it isn't. Uh, a super complex MOBA, but it is enough strategy there to like sort of learn the ins and outs of different Pokemon and kind of, it's a cool IP that people know. So you're already familiar with it and it's well done. I don't like the pay to play aspect of it. It hasn't been a huge thing for me, but I do, I just don't like that it's there, but um, I'm, I'm excited to see where this goes and I still enjoy it quite a bit. And then in addition to that, I started getting back into Fire Emblem Three Houses again, the sort of um, memories of being sick and trying to play it have kind of gone away. <laughs> so now I can pick it up. It's like when you get sick after yeah. eating something, you know, you never want to eat that thing again. I was feeling sort of that same thing. Like it was, it was kind of connected to being sick was fire emblem. So anytime I thought about playing it, I was just like, Oh God, I can't play that. <laughs> and, uh, I, I did get back into it. The, the one thing with this game is in handheld, the type is super small and it does make it difficult sometimes because it's just like, I can't, why did you make this text so tiny, like tiny, tiny. Um, and there's no adjustment for it which is aggravating, but I'm really enjoying it. I think there is so much strategy that I'm constantly second guessing what, if I'm making the right choices, I'm just like, I don't, I don't know what I should be doing here. I don't know if I should be putting this person in this class or doing this or doing that. Mm -hmm. It just seems like there's a lot and I can see where people get super overwhelmed with the decisions you can make in this game. But from what I've seen and heard, 
Um, a lot of people say that you just don't have to like, there's no bad characters, you know, there's nobody bad in the game. If you just kind of play it and enjoy it, you're going to be fine. So having not really played fire emblem before, were you surprised by anything? Like, was it what you expected out of the game so far? Um, I knew kind of the type of game, uh, very much like a Mario rabbit. So I knew that it had that sort of battle system involved and, I guess more what I was surprised with is sort of the relationship building aspect of it. It seems like it's very heavy in getting to know, like I've only been in maybe, I don't know, five, six battles. Like the rest of it is sort of cultivating these relationships and you literally have tea time with, with people and you like have to Mm -hmm. sort of navigate the relationship and the, the conversations. I think that part of it, that whole sort of walking around in the school and talking to everybody and building those relationships, that was way bigger part of this game than I ever thought. And I and I love that about it, mm-hmm. but it's just not something I would think because I always pictured Fire Emblem being like this action game. You know, I, I didn't know anything really about them. So it's a lot about relationships and all of that. And I think that's very, very cool, but was also surprising to me. Yeah, that sounds appealing to me too, though. I like the relationship building. I love dialogue in There's games. a ton of dialogue. <laughs> there is definitely a ton of dialogue. Um, it's, But I, I like it. I, I can see where people, if that's not your thing, I could see where people would yeah, absolutely hate I this game. Yeah, I could see people being really disappointed by that kind of thing, but sounds like something the- I would like. Yeah, and even the battles, like I say it's a battle. It's it's not. It's it's like playing chess with somebody. That's you you have your team and you go into these battles and there's very limited moves that you can make and you have to it's it's all looking at it as a problem and a puzzle. And so you can do top views, you can do battle prep before you go into the battle. Um, and you have to look at the map and say, okay, well, that enemy has a bow. They can hit me from here, 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 you know, mm-hmm. and who can I put in there? And if I put this person up there and I move this person up there with them, they have a very good bond because they've got a relationship. So they boost each other's abilities. So you kind of got to look at each other's relationship and their uh, tactics and their skills. So you can, it can essentially get super complex if you want it to, or you could just say, you know what, these two kind of have a good, like, you don't need to go that in depth to it, but I kind of like that part of it. And then when you get out of the battle, that's when you can start saying, okay, those two work well together, but I need to get them even better. So you can kind of go to dinner with the two of them and everybody's stats get boosted because of that. Or you can go to the sauna or you can go to whatever, fishing together, whatever you guys can do together. And you can sort of work on those relationships and, and get better relationships between pairs so that they all work better in battle. And it's, it's cool. I really enjoy it. And there seems to be Again, I don't I don't know a lot about these games, but there seems to be this underlying um, mystery that's kind of happening that I'm getting more and more intrigued by as the story kind of unfolds. There's something going on. I And again, I don't know. I don't really know anything, but there's something and it's kind of like, well, what am I? You know, like the main character seems to be somebody special and I'm kind of really getting involved in this story now because I'm like, all right, well what's the mystery here? What? I don't know anything about my character. Like maybe I'm some sort of hero or a villain or something come back from the dead. I don't know. Right. <laughs> so I'm, I'm kind of getting into it. And, uh, the, the, you know, navigating the tea is kind of fun. You're like, I never, th- I mean, I never thought I'd be enjoying a game where I could sit down and have a tea party for 20 minutes, but it's cool. I'm, I'm liking it. That's great that it's like there's something for everyone. So you as like a new player, like not familiar with the world or the characters so much, you're still kind of like having a good time with it. But then Mm -hmm. folks who have been playing game after game after game have more of a through line to it, I assume. Yeah. At, well, from and I and I asked because I, I streamed it the uh, the very first time I played it, and uh, one of the people that was watching along said that these games apparently are all standalones. So there may maybe there's like references here and there, but apparently they're all standalone. So you don't have to feel because I was nervous going into this, not playing any others. Like, am I going to be lost? You know, am I going to meet somebody and just be like, I don't get right. it. Like, I'm, yeah. I just don't understand. But they're all their own things. So you never have to worry about um you know, not like feeling left out or like you're coming in late. Fire Emblem Three Houses is like it's its own deal. Cool. Glad you're enjoying yeah. that one. 
So that, that's it. If anybody wants to write us and let us know what you're playing, what you're doing, maybe give me some strategy for Fire Emblem. I could definitely use all the help I can get. You can go over to nintendodispatch.com, hit the contact button, and feel free to write us. If you would like to watch a stream, you can do that. It's at twitch.tv forward slash Nintendo Dispatch. Like I said earlier, uh, life got in the way the last couple of weeks, so we haven't been streaming, but we will be getting back to that this week. Uh, if you would like to chat with us, you can go to Twitter at dispatch podcast or our discord where the information is on our website and just like last week thank you so much becca for joining us again this week it was a blast these last couple weeks it's nice having somebody here that's played other games and can give their insight into in other and thank you sold me on outer wild outer worlds as well so (laughs) i'm i'm super happy yeah thanks so much for hanging out with me these couple weeks yeah, absolutely. And and uh, maybe we get you to jump in from time to time and give your thoughts. I'm excited to hear what new games you're going to start playing. So you're more than welcome anytime. Sure, thanks. And just like every week, that has been your Nintendo Dispatch. <laughs>